Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Amen. You turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to give a lesson on a familiar passage of scripture that we all know so well. And we've seen it and we've read it. And I was thinking, as I was thinking about this message and, and praying over this message, how often we read things and how often we miss things and how often we need to hear it over and over again because we're so busy. We're so consumed with a lot of things going on in our lives that sometimes we need to just take a break and just remember. First Samuel chapter 17, that's where we are this evening. If, if I were to play a word association game with you this evening, and I just gotten up here and, and said, all right, I'm just going to say a word and tell you the first word that comes to my mind. And my word is David. The vast majority of you would have said Goliath. I mean, ask any child when you think of David, when you think of them, they would think Goliath. I mean, it's probably one of the greatest stories uh, that has ever been written in history, in our literature. As a matter of fact, even people who don't know the Bible heard of David and Goliath. I mean, there are people around the world that have not heard of the Bible, but they know the story of David and Goliath. Let me give you a brief description of the story of David and Goliath. As a refresher course, there was a valley called Elam. It, it was a huge valley, and it has a mountain range on both sides of the mountain. And on one side of the mountain, uh, there was an army called the Philistines, and they were the mortal enemies of Israel. And then on the other side of the mountain, we had the Israelite army. Well, over on the other side of the mountain, there was a giant, and his name was Goliath. And every day and every night, for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would come and challenge anybody who would fight him. One man, one-on-one, -on -one, one fall, winner takes all. I mean, and for 40 days and 40 nights, he would issue this challenge. And for 40 days, nobody wanted to fight Goliath. I mean, it's amazing. For 40 days, everybody had a headache. I mean, nobody wanted to fight Goliath. Nobody wanted any piece of Goliath. And as a matter of fact, one man that should have been willing to fight King Saul, he was so afraid, he had so much yellow running through his veins, he tried to bribe somebody to fight the giant for him. Look at it there in verse number 25, if you would. It says here, and the men of Israel said, have ye seen this man that has come up surely to defy Israel? He has come up and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. He said, listen, I'm going to make you an instant millionaire. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pay your taxes for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about it. And then the other thing he said, listen, I'm even going to allow you to marry my daughter and you can become part of the royal family. 
It sounds great, but nobody was interested. I mean, nobody would step up to the plate until a young man, a lad, redhead, freckle-faced, run-of-a-kid, a shepherd uh, named David stepped out and said, if no one else would fight him, I'll do it. Uh, and he took a slingshot, and he took that stone, and you know the rest of the story, or maybe you don't know the story, but he took that slingshot, and he took that stone, and he made one throw, and he killed that giant. I mean, and what I believe was the greatest upset of the world. But the truth of the matter is what we're going to learn tonight is this. Everybody in this room faces giants. I mean, every day of our life, and sometime in your life, you face a challenge, you face a problem, you face a threat. Maybe it, it, it's a failing marriage. Maybe it's a disease or an illness, or, or maybe it's a financial shortfall, but life is full of battles. And I think sometimes when we're so busy and, and we're in it that we don't realize that we're not alone. Uh, we don't realize that, you know, when we're going through difficulties and we have situations that happen in our lives, the first thing we think about is, man, why am I here? How did I get here? You know, and, and you say, you know, I, I, I've been praying. I, I, I've been coming to church and I've been doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And now this has hit me and this is in my way. See, this is what we find out. What we're going to learn from David tonight is that when you're faced with the biggest challenge in life, victory is always a strong throw away. See, what David had, we got today. And what David did, we can do right now. And he had three things I want to give you this evening. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we must have the courage to step up for the fight. We must have the courage to step up for the fight. See, when you face a giant in your life, you must have the courage to step up for the fight. Look with me, if you will, in 1 Samuel 17, beginning at verse number 4. Beginning at verse number 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried unto the armies of Israel, and he said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day, and give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. See, now we, we get the picture here. Goliath, he's nine feet, six feet inches tall. I mean, this guy was huge. He wore a bronze t-shirt that weighed 175 pounds, and the head of a spear was 25 pounds. He made the hawk look like a chump. I mean, he made a tank. Anytime this man would come into the valley, the Israelite army acted like a track team because their speciality was running backwards. And notice what we read in verse number 24. And all the men of Israel, which they saw, them, saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. See, back in the Bible times, there were times that would happen when ever two armies came together, they wouldn't sacrifice everybody. 
Well, what they would do, they would choose one man out from each army and they would fight it out. And whoever the individual won the army, then the rest of the army would surrender over to them. So every day for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would get up and who's out there, they would fight me. I would fight anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. Whoever wants to come to me, bring them on, get your best and I'm ready to fight. Why is it 40 days and 40 nights? See, because that's what God's way of reminding us. When you're faced with a giant in your life, when you're, dealt, when you're dealing with a giant in a fight, you don't fight that giant. And if you don't beat that giant, he, he's coming back every day. You know, you, you can't, isn't it amazing when you see things? I don't know about you, but there's times when I, when I get up and I'm thinking everything's going, going well. And then all of a sudden something hits me and I'm like, man, I got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. You know, it's like today, it, it was rainy and, and it was dreary and you're like, man, I just want to go back to bed. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's cold and, and you think about these things and, and that's what happens. See, giants just don't come one day and, and you ignore them and they go away. They keep coming back and they keep coming back and they keep coming back. And if you don't confront them, if you don't conquer them, they will make your life miserable. So every day for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would issue this challenge. And as he issued this challenge every day and every night, and every time he did, the Israelites would line up, would move backwards. See, they were getting a great aerobic exercise then, but nobody would fight anybody. Then all of a sudden, a shepherd boy steps out of the crowd and steps up to the plate. Let's continue reading in verse 26 and 27. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth his Philistines, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Look down at verse 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. <laughs> now, you really can't appreciate David until you understand where he came from. I mean, the first time we read about David's in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 15, and let's read that. Let's go back at verse 15 in 1 Samuel uh, 17. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. See, here's where David was. David was a shepherd. He was taking care of the sheep. He was out there doing what he was supposed to do. I mean, he's the youngest in the family. He's the run of the family. And his brothers are out serving in the Israelite army. And he's there doing his errands and taking care of the sheep, doing his chores. And then his father comes to him and says, hey, I need you to take lunch to your brothers. So now he gets, if you would, a, a little bit of a raise. And now he becomes an errand boy. And David says to Saul in verse 42, verse 32, look at the progression. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Hmm. Mm. This is a great lesson to learn here. God will never, ever allow you to tackle great things in your life until you prove you are faithful in the little things in your life. It's amazing because as you read this story and you continue to go down, David's brother gets upset with him. I was looking at this and his brother was getting upset with him because he's like, what are you doing here? 
You know, his, his brothers, his oldest brother's there, and his brother's upset with him, and now his brother's mad because David's stepping up to fight this giant, to take care of this giant because the Israelites wouldn't do it, and he tells his brother, this is just a prideful thing with you. But actually, it was a prideful thing with his own brother. Understand this. There are some times you're going to face giants in your life, and you're going to have these difficulties that before you even get to tackle it, somebody's going to come along and try to discourage you. They're going to come along, and they're going to try to tell you, you can't do that. They're, they're going to tell you, um, what do you think that you're doing? I'm here, and if, you, if I can't do it, what makes you think that you can do it? You know, you're just here being nosy. You know, you're just here just trying to put your nose where it doesn't belong. See, the first thing you got to do to solve any problem in your life, to beat any challenges in your life, you have to have the courage just to step up. See, there are a lot of people out there right now who have problems and they think they can't solve it. And you know why? It's not that they can't solve them. You just won't solve them. And the reason why you won't solve them is because instead of stepping up to them, you're running away from them. See, you realize something that every time we run away from a problem, it follows us. You know, and God puts those problems and those things in our space for a reason. See, I don't know if you realize this, but as a, when you were a kid, kids always want to be independent. You know, I, I can do it. I don't need your help. I, I, I'm able to do it. Can, can I do it on my own? You know, can, can I do it? Oh, look, let me do it. You know, they love that independency. You know, they, they want that independency. And then I think sometimes it carries over into our adult life where we think that, hey, I can do this on my own. And, and I can handle these things on my own. And then when something comes into my life or something comes into my way that I can't handle, sometimes I step back and I, and I try to figure it out. All right, I can figure this out. And, and we try to come up with a solution, come up with a plan. And we don't realize that God didn't create us to be independent. He created us to be dependent upon him. See, that's where it all comes from. See, I never served in the military, but there's one thing I do know about the military strategy. No battle, no battle was ever won in retreat. We not only have to have the courage, but number two, write this down. We need to have the confidence to step out for the fight. See, we have to have the confidence to step out for the fight. See, David volunteers to step up for the fight, but no one else would step up to face Goliath. Now, you would have to have thought everybody would have been happy. You know, they would have thought, man, they would have cried relief. Now you're going to see why David was willing to do what no one else was willing to do. See, there was a tremendous difference. See, where David was looking and where everybody else was looking. See, it was a difference between what David saw and what everybody else saw. Look at verse 25 again, if you would. In verse 25 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, it says, And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will, will give him his daughter and make his father's house free of Israel. It's like, this guy is big. He's strong and there's no way we can fight this guy. Well, the king was saying the same thing in verse 33. Look at it. Here's what he says. He said, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. It made me think, 
You know, kids love to keep you honest. You know, you, you try to um, teach a child and you try to train a child and you try to educate a child and you give them all the information that they need and then somehow they like to use it right back at you. And then you sit back and you say, man, you're right. You know, and you don't, you say it to yourself and you know that they're right. And God has a way of using younger people to get your attention. He said, David, you have lost your mind. <laughs> he, look at this guy. He's a soldier. You're a shepherd. He's big. You're a runt. He's strong and you're weak. And he has a sword and you have nothing. Everybody's hot topic was the giant, except for David, because his hot topic with David was God. See, listen to what we read in verse 34 to 37. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised filthing shall be as one of them, seeing he have defiled the arms, armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. See, see, because Saul had a problem that I got, and I'm going to confess it to you today. Whenever giants come into our life, when all of a sudden life takes a left-hand turn, whenever we get that gut punch feeling in the stomach we didn't see coming, you know what we tend to do? we tend to remember what we ought to forget. And we tend to forget what we ought to remember. See, we tend to focus on our failures rather than focus on our successes. See, we tend to remember on our low points better than our high points. Let me give you an illustration. Our mind is like a hard drive on a computer. Now you tend to erase from the hard drive of your memory the entire things God has done for you in the past. Then you will begin to doubt what God will do for you in the present. See, David said, I remember what God did for me yesterday. When a lion attacked, I killed that lion. Uh, when a bear attacked, I killed that bear. See, God has proved himself faithful to me over and over and over again. Has God been faithful to you over and over again? I mean, and all that time David was doing these things that nobody knew about. And all those times nobody knew his name. I mean, what everybody else thought was unimportant. See, God was teaching David the greatest lesson he will ever teach us in our lifetime. Write this down, and this is the essence of what David and Goliath was all about. God says, trust me with your problems, and your problems become possibilities for me to work in your life. Amen. See, trust me with your problems, and your problems become possibilities for me to work in your life. See, what Saul thought was crazy, and the army thought was foolishness, God called trust. Because look what David said in verse 37 again. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Hmm. Notice what David didn't say. David didn't say the Lord can deliver this. David said the Lord will deliver me. You say, wait a minute. How did David know that? Because number one, what God already did for him in the past. And then number two, what I will always do in the present if we just trust him. 
See, the key statement to this story is found in verse 47. Look with me if you would. It's found in five words in verse number 47. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. See, David understood something that no one else understood. David was not going to fight for God, but God was going to fight for David. See, David had the courage to step up for the fight, and David had the confidence to step out for the fight. And write this down, number three. We must have commitment to step into the fight. We must have commitment to step into the fight. Now, let's get the climatic part of the story. Let's read verses number 40 to 44. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he had but a youth and a ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now, you would have been, loved to have been there watching that shepherd boy. I mean, that giant coming across the mountain. Can you hear the announcer in the background? Let's get ready to rumble. And, and in a way, you have to feel sorry for Goliath. I mean, 40 days and 40 nights bring your best. I mean, and after 40 days, he looks out across the field, and there's standing before him a shepherd boy that, that doesn't even have a sword or a shield. He's probably thinking to himself, I can get no respect. I want to fight a soldier, and you send a punk kid out to me? You know what both armies were saying right about now? Boy, this ain't going to be long. And you know what? They were right. It just didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to turn out. Now listen to what David said to the Philistine in verses 45 to 50. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine rose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell down his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. There was no sword in the hand of David. And in less time that I took to, to read that passage to serve it, David took one smooth stone, puts it in a slingshot, and sends a divine guided missile right into Goliath, right between the eyes, and drops him like a bad habit. You think about it. You can describe this battle in three words. A chunk, a plunk, and a thunk. It's over. That was it. I mean, David did something no one else in the army wanted to do. 
Just think back to that moment. You could have heard a pen drop in the valley. I mean, everybody put everything they had on the giant and they lost. See, you have to, what you have to do is explain it. I'm going to let you know. And one little secret. Here's how it is. You ready? The fight was fixed. <laughs> it was fixed. See, Goliath thought he was fighting David, but Goliath was fighting God. See, everybody thought David was fighting a giant, but David knew God was fighting the giant. See, let me clear up the misconception. See, David did not kill Goliath for God. God killed Goliath for David. But that's not the end of the story, because look at verse 50 and 51. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine, and he slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Look at verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and he brought it to Jerusalem. But, here's what I want you to see, but he put his armor in his tent. He put his armor in his tent. Hmm. Why I believe it's a reminder that when you're faced with giants and a problem, God can turn it around as a possibility to work in your life. See, you got to look back and look at the things that God has done for you over the years and remember how he got you through it. You know, someone once said to me, they say, how come you're always positive about things, even when things seem like they're just not going to work out. I said, because I know the story. You know, God doesn't give us the, the fear of worry. You know, devil puts that in us. And I realize if you ever think about this, you ever worry about something so much that after you worry about it so long and you come through it on the other side, that God always sees you through it. And I begin to think, why am I worrying about it now? Because I know God's going to see me through it anyway. And God always has something that he has that he wants us to keep with us as we go through these things. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's always there when we need him. Remember, three things. Three things, and I'll give it to you again quickly. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Number one. We must have the courage to step up for the fight. Number two, we have to have the confidence to step out for the fight. And lastly, number three, we must have have commitment to step into the fight. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word this evening, Lord. I hope, Father, that this was an encouragement to someone in the room tonight. I pray, Lord, that they would take this, Lord, and that they would look at this, Father, and as they're going through situations and circumstances, Father, that they will remember, Lord, that you are the one that gets us through these battles, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would protect us as we leave here. Thank you, Father, for the answer of prayers so far, Father, for our pastor, for Mrs. Rydell, Father, for all those, Lord, that have been dealing with illnesses, Father, and with sicknesses, Lord, I ask, Father, that you would strengthen them. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would encourage their hearts. And Father, I pray, Lord, that they would see you afresh in you. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would use 
what you have brought into their life, Father, to be an encouragement to others, Father. And may others come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you for Open Bible. Thank you for the people that make up Open Bible, Father. Use us in the days ahead, Father, to reach the world with the gospel. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.